0: Uh, uh, uh. Zeno Logic What's good guys I'm welcome to episode 18 of Mini Logic It's Zeno here and I'm going to talk about Sheffield United Now After 17 games last season Sheffield United were 7th With 6 wins, 7 draws and 4 losses to their name After the same number of games this season They have not won any of them, drawn two of them and lost the remaining 15. This terrible, terrible start to the season is probably the worst of any team in Premier League history. Now, after such a promising campaign last time around, how come it's gone so bad for the side that's finished, that finished ninth last season? Well, the simple answer is that they simply might have been overachieving. Many, many people before the beginning of the 1920 season expected the Blaze to get relegated last season and this is because by looking at the squad they didn't just seem to have the quality to be able to maintain their status in the league. Even though they did sign the likes of Sander Berger who was at the time one of the biggest young prospects in Europe, still to me the biggest cue they could have done, it was an unbelievable signing, maybe that wasn't enough as it seems. But nonetheless despite what people said of Sheffield United at the beginning of the season Of of last season, in true Burnley style, they were more than the sum of the parts. And with the overlapping centre-backs, managed to finish ninth, finishing the top 10. Now, one of the keys to their success, probably the key to their success, was the defence. They conceded only 39 goals last season. That was good for 4th best in the league. This season, they've already conceded 29. Think about it. That they 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 already te- they've already conceded ten less goals in twenty one with twenty one games left, so it's clear clear to see that Chelsea United just aren't defending like they used to, so they can't get away with nicking one goal here and there. And speaking of scoring, before we get to that, just to make it clear to you guys, they were conceding one point seven. They were conceding one goal a game last season. Now they're conceding one point seven. Now that zero point seven of a goal makes a huge difference if you're not the most prolific of scorers. And Sheffield United definitely aren't prolific. They were only the 15th highest scorers in the league last season with 39 goals. So yes, 39 scored, 39 conceded. Balanced, right? As all things should be. Nonetheless, this season they've only scored eight times. Eight times in 17 games. It's not the same rate in which they were going last season. So conceding more, scoring less. Hmm. David McGoldrick, by the way, has scored half of their eight goals this season. No offense to David McGoldrick, but when you have Bernie, which you bought for 17 million, and you have Rian Brewster, who you bought for 24, you wouldn't expect the third choice striker to be scoring that many, uh, half the goals. But I don't think Brewster's even scored this season. Bernie might have. The strikers ain't doing enough. And we're going to get to why maybe the strikers ain't doing enough. Nonetheless, it's quite clear to see that they're not scoring enough and they're not defending like they used to. Now, how come that might be the case? What reasons could there be? Are they internal or are they external? Maybe it's the crowd. After all, Sheavers United haven't been the same since the COVID-19 forced break. They had lost the momentum that they gathered with their sweet run. And with these smaller sides, having the crowd at home is a huge advantage. I I remember watching Sheavers United at the beginning of the season pre-COVID and the home games, they were just so good. They used to push teams. They used to push teams, give they gave Liverpool the toughest game before their run got ended in true, true style by Watford FC, a.k.a. the man himself, Ismailia Saar, who unfortunately is still with them at the Championship. Nonetheless, having a home crowd for these smaller teams is huge because when you get promoted into the Premier League and your side is not expected to stay in there, the home form is going to be important. You have to make sure your stadium is a fortress and that's what Bramall Lane was. Now, without the crowd, the edge is lost. It doesn't feel quite like home. Another reason could be maybe the missing Jack O'Connell, who was ruled out for the season with an ACL injury back in September. He's an important player and then a consistent performer last season as one of the overlapping centre backs. He obviously had a good partnership with John Egan and Chris Basham. Obviously, I think there's another centre back, but I can't 100% remember who he is. But I think it's Chris Basham, but I feel like there's one more guy. Anyways, nonetheless, point is, Jack O'Connell is. Not there anymore and sometimes missing that one player in your side of Sheffield United's level can make all of the difference. It can almost throw your whole team out of whack. Now, when I watch Sheffield United, I feel like they haven't really changed from what they were playing like last season. The difference is that teams have them sussed and they aren't good enough to impose themselves on teams and also to have a plan B. Now, Obviously, we all know about this overlapping centre-backs. That usually leaves one of the centre-backs left with the full-backs pushing up and maybe one of the midfielders holding back. Now, they've conceded 29 goals, which isn't the most in the league. It's obviously the second most, I believe. But surely there's a way that Sheffield United can play without having to risk it all on the offensive side. Because when you look at the players that are pushing forward they almost don't have an edge when, when they are attacking and um, they are, when they are attacking teams, it's very, very difficult. It's very, they don't seem to just go through the heart of the team. If you understand what I'm saying, last season, it was kind of like, you know, they were getting in behind defences fences and they were creating plenty of opportunities. Well, enough opportunities for them to get the results they needed. And this season, it hasn't felt like it's been quite the same. And I think it's because teams have them sussed and teams are now understanding how they play. Last season, it was a huge surprise. That, you know, who plays with overlapping backs. You know, who's, who's coming to play against a team expecting to see backs flying down, you know, the half spaces in between the fullback and the midfielders and the strikers? It doesn't work like that. Football don't play like that. Chris Wilder was a tactical genius with that. But now he's, he needs to be challenged by showing his evolution. Nonetheless, they need players now that are going to make a difference. You know, they need, they need dribblers. People like, you know, Eze at Crystal Palace, St. Maximin at Newcastle, someone like Adamola Lookman even at Fulham, who does make a difference for Fulham in games. One of the reasons why they've managed to, you know, get back on track and not be as bad as Sheffield United is because of players like Lookman making the difference. People like Cavalero, basic players that will take them on. And You feel like Sheffield United lack that. They're a very industrial, hard-working team. And unfortunately, sometimes hard work is not enough. Sometimes you need a bit of flair, a bit of skill. Even Burnley have that. In Dwight McNeil, in young Bright McNeil, they have a player that's capable of making a difference with his skill. Even Robbie Brady at times. And Goodmanson when he's fit. Sheffield United need that player to give them that edge. Harry Wilson's at Liverpool. He's available. They're not using him. Funny enough, Burnley wanted to sign him in in, in the summer. They need someone that's going to take the ball and take the initiative and create chances and help Brewster get going, help Big Bernie get going. You know, creative players. And maybe that might have to result in the change of system, but you've got to do what's best because right now this is not working. If Wilder continues to be stubborn and continues to believe that this system will work eventually, it's not going to happen. Unfortunately, Premier League is too harsh a reality for you to depend on the same system. You know, I watched this video the other day on Tifa Football. Shout out Tifa Football. I don't think they need it. I'm a much smaller um, channel, but I'ma say it anyways because I respect the content. Nonetheless, I watched this video on Newcastle, and it was called "What If Newcastle United Attacked." And basically, what they said, what they understood of the situation is that Steve Ruth would play an encouraging system, like a four-four-two or four-two-three-one, which encourages more attacking players. And, you know, it will work well for one or two games and then it won't work well for another one or two games. And then he will lose faith in that system and then revert back to a boring five-at-the-back system, prioritising defensive solidity over, you know, attacking flexibility and versatility and skill and ability. I think I said ability twice there. But nonetheless, and I feel like this is what Sheffield United... I'm not saying they're they're doing that right now. In fact, they're probably a bit more of an offensive team than Newcastle. I don't think there's any team that's... As defensive as as Newcastle are, Sheffield United being one of them, but the problem is they need to have a special creative hub somewhere in that lineup. They need to have a striker that will drop back. McGoldrick is trying his hardest. I've seen him. He's working hard, trying to get the ball in positions, but he's not, he doesn't have the quality, unfortunately. Unfortunately, he just doesn't have the quality. He's not at that level. They need someone a bit better than that, you know, someone that can give them more. Like I said, someone like Eze, someone like I say, Maximum or Adamona Lookman. You know, after all yeah, they, they, are, they don't seem to have players that seem to take the initiative. They haven't scored from a successful dribble all season. Obviously, there's three other teams, but those three other teams aren't doing as badly as Sheffield United are. You know, I don't think any of them are even in, in the mitigation zone. So they have a style of play that they want to stick to. And maybe Sheffield United do too. But you can't stick to the style of play if it doesn't work. You know, you need players to take the initiative. Play, you know, even someone like Giannepo at Southampton, so I don't have a lot of players like that, to be fair to them, but I'm going to just say, Janepo. you know, players that will just, you know, just players that will take people on. Even at Brighton, they've got Trossard, Jahangbash, you know, they got players that that do that, skillful players. Every team needs one or two of those types of players that make the difference for their team single-handedly, and Sheffield United just don't have that. I don't know how many times I'm going to say it, but I just want to make sure that you guys know what I mean here, you know? And, you know, as well as the fact that they haven't scored from a successful dribble all season, they also are creating the least amount of goal creating actions per night 0.56. That's just about one goal creating action per 90 minutes. Every other 90 minutes. It's not good enough. They should be creating at least one a game if you're going to try and get out of this situation. Now, the January transfer window is open. So maybe this episode I've made is perfect timing if Chris Wilder ends up hearing this. (laughs) Or anyone from Sheffield United hears this because I think the solution potentially can be that simple. When I've watched their games, they've been very encouraging, but they've always lost by maybe an error from their side or a mistake or a lack of concentration or a lack of focus. You know, and also just generally just a lack of quality. If Sheffield United had the level of player they needed to get the results they needed, then they would be getting the results. Last season, it just seemed like I reminiscent of Reading's 06, 07 season where everything was just working well. The next season became much more of a slog. Almost like Norwich when they started their season. Last season where Pookie was on fire. How long could that last for? It couldn't last forever. Some things are not made to last. Sheriff United naturally are not a Premier League team and that's just, it sucks for me to say that, but that's just the truth. But that's the situation with Sheriff United. I know you guys probably wouldn't expect me to talk about them, but I felt like this was really a subject of interest to mine because of how well they are doing last season and the fact that they haven't really changed much. But they're not getting anywhere near the same amount of results. All the 1-0s they were getting are now turning into 1-0 losses, 2-0 losses. But um, that's going to be all for today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. Make sure to follow the podcast if you're not already following. And I'll see you in the next episode. Mini Lajie.